0: Welcome to Plot Spackle. I'm John, and my uncle was taken out to sea once on a Chinese freighter because they thought he was a spy. I'm Eric. I'm wearing a rubber mask
1: right now. I'm Richard, and I hate this movie. Oh, come on, Richard. That's a great movie. I hate it. Richard, don't play your hand yet.
0: Yeah, you're supposed to pretend to be a good guy for a while like you were in the original series, and then become a bad guy later on because no one will expect it. Yeah, we talked about the heel turn in the frozen episode. This is not a good heel turn, Richard. You need to wait at least half, at least for half the movie. Yeah, you should have waited or till uh, half the podcast. A good uh, second act plot twist.
1: Yeah, but see, the viewers already know that I'm a bad guy. So wait, you're the bad guy. I thought I was a bad guy. At the
0: podcast. Well, anyways, our uh, our uh, spackle today, if you choose to accept
1: it, is for Mission Impossible. Also known as "You Cannot Save This Film,"
0: I think it was a good film and didn't require saving. Yeah. So tell us about this uh this movie, uh, Eric. All right. Here's some facts for nerds. This movie opened May 22nd, 1996. It had an estimated budget of 80 million dollars, and it made 45 million dollars its first weekend. It made 476 million dollars worldwide. So it was a summer blockbuster, and I think a lot of people love this movie as as seen by the uh the amount of money okay i don't know spoiler warning we're gonna be talking about events that happen in a movie that has a lot of twists it is a spy movie it is a spy movie um and the uh, basic plot is uh we have imf and uh a spy ring that works for the u.s government and our main character is ethan hunt him and his crew are sent on a mission to uh, catch proof of an attempted theft of uh, important confidential information, only to have all of his crew killed, and IMF and the U.S. government to believe that he, Ethan Hunt, is the spy. So he spends the rest of the film. The mole. Right, um, all, the mole. They're all spies. Yeah, they're all they're all spies. Well, well not his team anymore because. Well, yeah, they're, they're dead. dead. Um, spoiler warning. Dead spies. So yeah, he's a, he's the mole, and so he's got to try and collect evidence, find out who the real mole was, and ultimately prove his innocence. So it's kind of like The Fugitive, but well, with Spice. And without Harrison Ford. Yeah. I bet this movie would have been so much better with the Harrison Ford in it. Any movie's better with Harrison Ford we in it. We could have
1: just watched The Fugitive. It was a better film. We'll probably have to do The Fugitive eventually, if Fugitive. there are any plot holes it's in that. It's a
0: perfect movie. There are no plot holes. Yep. He did not kill his wife.
1: <laughs> if you can think of plot holes for The Fugitive, send them to Eric at PlotSpackle.
0: So, our first plot hole. And we're going to be getting into the actual plot of the movie, so spoiler warning again, it is a it is a spy movie.
1: Do we think we should just put the spoiler warning before the intro? Well,
0: yeah, maybe. Should we get a standardized uh, spoiler warning? Yeah. Let us know at plot Pod At
1: <laughs> I just think we should, because yeah, uh, I mean, if we're going to go with the uh bad guy thing that's that's totally a spoiler for this film before we gave spoiler warnings
0: this is gonna be a horrible raw (laughs) audio just we haven't even got to our first plot hole
1: all right i'm keeping it in i like
0: it All right, so the first plot hole. So Ethan Hunt and his team are sent on a mission to stop a traitor from stealing a knock list from a U.S. embassy. Uh, the knock list is a list of deep undercover agents in Eastern Europe, and having this list would definitely give America's enemies, well, leverage over those, and they could take out those deep cover operatives. So Ethan Hunt and his team need to steal that knock list back. So... The first plot hole is, why on earth are they keeping such a secret and important list at a U.S. embassy? Like, we all know that the embassies are technically U.S. soil, but they're in enemy countries. So how safe can that actually be?
1: So other than embassies having a long and time-honored history associated with espionage, on top of that we learn from the film that the guy who's trying to be ste- who's trying to steal the knock list is actually an operative that's part of this whole sting operation to try and find a mole and that the knock list that's being stolen is fake the entire time
0: yeah which means that most likely there wasn't another half of a knock list that was already stored on they just said that it was part of the uh setup to catch the mole so all that information wasn't handy because They said, oh, this is a problem. Here's a MacGuffin. Go check out this MacGuffin. And there's no reward for actually stealing it or selling it because it was a fake all along. They just needed to know who wanted it, who was the actual bad guy. And so there was uh, agents watching Ethan Hunt's crew. The uh knocklist that is acquired is in fact bugged with a transmitter and probably had pointless information. But yeah, uh, like Richard said, Embassies have a long history of being involved with espionage. There's a reason when we uh, have trouble with Russia, we close some of their embassies. All right. It works for me. So uh, here's a question for you guys. So right after Ethan Hunt finds out that uh, he's suspected to be the mole and that IMF is after him, he goes back to an IMF safe house, the one that he was assigned to, and hangs out there for a few hours, at least until 4 a.m. Why didn't the IMF send agents there right away? Well, Ethan Hunt is a master spy. I don't know, maybe he just threw him off his trail.
1: All right, so here's my thoughts on it. Step one, he has at the very least given every most of the other agents in Prague a massive headache, probably tinnitus, and a couple of bruises after he blew up the aquarium in the place where they were at. So most of those other operatives that are in the area are going to have a hard time responding to just about anything in the next couple of hours. So that could be a definite reason there. The other one being that traditionally IMF forces are deep cover, deniable assets, and their safe house is probably not an official listed place that is owned or checkable so they may not have known where to go to look.
0: So it's like location about the safe house was put in a drop box, it was set up and then all records were destroyed. So there was no way to connect the uh that safe house with other safe houses or
1: operating teams. Exactly. So that if one gets compromised, the rest are still secure. Does that work for you, John?
0: Oh yeah that works for me.
1: Okay. I don't even know if we have to anyways.
0: All right, next, plot hole. Why does Key Church meet Hunt out in the open if he thinks that Hunt is the mole? Um, Because out in the open is an excellent place to meet someone who you don't want to cause a scene. By uh, meeting him in this restaurant, kind of out in the open, first off, they don't initially say that they think he's the mole. It's he starts to put things together and realizes that it was a setup of some kind, and then they spill the deal to him. But the other is because is before that, they go, they meet him, if he tries to run, he looks bad, and then they can get local law enforcement to help them. Whereas if he had just gone to, like, a safe house to meet them at the safe house, if he got there first, then got suspicious, he could have raided that place and taken off. It's, it's just a, it's a good deal if you go meet someone someplace open and public, so that way they have to act like a normal person would.
1: Also, it's a known location. It's listed as site green in the film, and the entire place is swarming with other agents. That's actually how Ethan Hunt got tipped off, was that it was a place that the other agents were at to specifically cover him just in case he did something absurd. They weren't expecting explosive chewing gum.
0: I wouldn't expect explosive chewing gum either.
1: All right, guys. So,
0: pro tip. If you ever have to break up with someone, do it in public and bring exploding chewing gum.
1: That's what we learned from this movie. That's
0: that's a good pro tip.
1: So from there, in the middle of the heist, so they have to go and get the the real knock list from the actual CIA in Langley, Virginia. And they've got this crazy secure room with all sorts of things keeping it safe. Sound sensors, pressure sensors, temperature sensors. And they talk about how the super-sensitive floor will get set off by even the slightest things. Drops of water will set off this pressurized floor. So how come when Ethan Hunt gets dropped and he falls, the pressure wave from him falling doesn't set off this floor? If it's super-sensitive, it should have
0: done it. You guys all remember that scene, right? It's been parodied so many times in pop culture. It's one of the most famous scenes It's just been referenced, and I think at some point, some people didn't even know where it originally comes from. Mm -hmm. It's just that the uh, the crazy save or whatever. Crazy wire save. So what we were able to come up with is, well, Tom Cruise is like five foot nothing, so he can't have that much of a pressure wave coming off of him, so it doesn't even count. Yeah, well, and also if you combine it, with uh, the way the room is designed they're going to have to deal with some level of uh, air pressure changes because the room is ventilated and they don't want the alarm to just go off if uh, the ac suddenly kicks in or dies out or something like that so there was probably some calibration involved where if it like the whole floor gets a bit of change in pressure at the same time it doesn't think that it's someone stepping whereas if it's a bit more localized then it does go off. And that's why he had to catch the beat of sweat, because that would have been a localized pressure um, increase, much like a uh, like a footstep, whereas this was spread out over the surface area of Tom Cruise. Yeah, a large section of the floor, specifically right around the vent. And so I, don't, I think that's why it doesn't get set off. Now, also during this heist scene, the guy who's doing handling the belaying wire and lowering him down is uh, approached by a rat in the vents In these super high security vents they have this rat and how did he kill the rat it's just walking towards him one scene he lets loose the rope for a little bit we cut back and there's a dead rat well to answer your first uh, question john i think rats are a lot like sand they're small and coarse and well they get everywhere well thank you anakin all right now how about eric um Rats are inquisitive. They are going to be searching for anything. If, you know, air vents have to lead outside to get to the vents. If a rat gets through, uh, that rat was probably just searching because that's what they do. They set up their nests and then they search for food or potential food sources. If rodents never
1: ventured out, they would stay in the same place and, well, die because they'd eat all their food. My question is... How often does that laser sensor get set off by rats? Probably not enough, because they haven't dealt with the rat problem.
0: That's true. I think uh, the rat's not got too much motivation to go down in that room. We keep it pretty clean, but they do have a wastebasket.
1: High security janitors. Alright, so I think that uh, the guy up in the vent actually just like smothers the rat with like his head or his shoulder, because we don't hear loud bangs of him killing the rat. And it doesn't set off any decibel sensors well we know he has his he
0: he likes to use his knife so he has his knife actually out so maybe he stabs the rat but it doesn't actually go through the, the knife is clean though when it comes out so he was able to wipe it really fast I don't know uh oh um, we, we we're letting this one go by we have to no. we have to beat it we have to spackle this we can't we can't <laughs> be defeated by a rat at an air vent
1: come on you I, dirty rat he suffocated the rat.
0: I think he used his forehead.
1: But wouldn't that have set off the decibel sensor?
0: Um, it was really quiet, because he actually smothered it slowly. Gently.
1: So, he smothered it, yeah, he like smothered I said.
0: It. No more pain now. Just dreams. Alright, so Hunt, next plot hole. Hunt actually hands the actual knock list to Max, a known bad guy. And that could have been out of character for him. Because he is trying to keep it safe by stealing it. Oh wait, guys, I just realized. They described the plot of... a. Uh, National Treasure right there. Ah. That's where they got the idea. That's from that? Well, he has to steal the... Max has to steal the a knock list to keep it safe. It's National Treasure.
1: Uh, not quite. Because in this particular scenario, he is making a copy of the knock list. It was copied, not stolen out of the computer, and was being given to our arms dealer who can sell it to various foreign nationals to use to, like say, kill U.S. operatives. And specifically the reason the IMF team was involved ostensibly in the first place was to keep it safe.
0: Yeah, and he disobeyed a direct order because he thought he needed to protect the list that at the time he didn't know it was fake, but he went overboard because he thought it was so important. So I think that's the point they're making, is it's really risky situation, what he's doing. But I think he did it as part of the general setup to help try and, one, catch Max, but two, to actually catch the mole. As by stealing the, uh, the knock list, he can get a lot more attention and get the IMF and CIA to be chasing after him really strongly. Because they kind of were waiting before because they thought he'd come back to them if they were going to apply pressure somehow to him. And so he goes, he steals the actual list. Um, he does go out of his way to make it hard for Max to copy or transmit it to anyone. It's a bit of it is also Ethan can take a, takes a lot of risks. He doesn't exactly play safe. But that's just how his character is. It shows that he takes risks for the good of the mission. And he also has a surprise skills. He never puts all his cards on the table, like... uh he has multiple discs on hand, and only one is actually real. The others are fakes. So, yeah. As a sign of note, there is no trickery in that scene where he's uh, doing the sleight of hand. That was actual sleight of hand.
1: That was pretty cool. That was a, a cool scene. Questions of his character aside, let's talk about the rest of how this operation goes horribly, horribly wrong, and how helicopters manage to fit in the channel. Now, astute observers can actually figure out what type of helicopter this is? It's an MD 520N helicopter. How wide the tunnel actually is? Uh, around 25 feet. And how long our rotor span is on that helicopter?
0: Um, well, okay, that's that's uh like 27 feet.
1: And since 27 feet rotors don't fit in a 25 foot wide tunnel. We don't have helicopters going into tunnels.
0: Well, so here's my take on this situation. Um, there's another difference between this movie uh, channel and the actual channel, which is the type of train traveling in it. The ones in our universe are uh, electric. They have the wires that go over um, head, and it gates power from that to get the locomotion. We don't see any wires or uh, w- uh, energy transfer systems on top of the train, which would have completely made like the fight scene on top of it pretty impossible. So, we know in the uh, Mission Impossible universe that the tunnel works differently. So, who's not to say that is in fact wider, too. I mean, it's only got to be a few more feet wider to get room for that helicopter. Uh, another point, too, the tunnel in our universe, there's no two lanes of traffic. There's one tunnel for Trains going to Paris, and one channel for trains coming from Paris. So the part of the movie where they have the oncoming train and Ethan Hunt has to duck out of the way really fast, that actually couldn't happen. Ah, and see, that throws in, because that means we have to have enough room in the Mission Impossible channel to fit two trains that go side by side, so it would have to be wider. And so that's the thing, as we've observed how it is in that movie universe... And our measurements to say it doesn't work comes from our universe, though we see the helicopter flying down the tunnel in the movie universe. And another point, too. Um, oh, gosh. I, whatever the original guy's name is. No one ever watched that uh, TV which show. Guy? The, which guy? Which guy, Eric?
1: The bad guy. Oh, <laughs> which, which bad guy from the original film? I, I think... I which think... bad guy? There's lots of them. We've got a lot of seasons to go from.
0: <laughs> I think Richard wants to wants to get some... A rant off of his chest so we're gonna let him take over and just release what's been built up for a long time I'm just gonna since he watched the movie in theaters with his family when it came out because they were such big fans of the tv series now, let's actually hear let him vent okay. for a second
1: i got beef jim phelps who turns out to be the bad guy in this movie is the main character of the entire tv show he's the guy who does what Ethan Hunt does the entire time he is the patriot he is the guy who goes out of his way takes the risks and does these things and then all of a sudden he's a bad guy. I mean he's had plenty of opportunities to make loads of money to join the other side it's it's offered several times but Jim Phelps does not do this it is not in character if you want not in character Jim Phelps. Being the bad guy is the biggest one, and it's actually why I have never seen this movie since it came out in theaters or watched any other Mission Impossible film since then, because it's not technically a plot hole within the film, but I got beef. You just
0: feel betrayed.
1: I do. I really do. Probably how Ethan Hunt
0: felt in this movie when his mentor betrayed him. Well, that was low. Well, yeah, it'd probably be better, too, if uh, Mission Impossible wasn't actually a pretty well-made movie.
1: That that actually hurts more?
0: Like, if Phelps was a bad guy in Mission Impossible 2, it'd probably be okay, because that one's not that great.
1: I haven't. I haven't seen that one. I wouldn't know. It's a great popcorn flick. Which is the one where there's the plane crash that would have killed absolutely everyone?
0: Uh, I think that's three. I haven't seen three.
1: No, Ghost Protocol was the one where they were killing everybody, I'm pretty sure. Because that was the same time that James Bond had everybody getting killed.
0: Yeah, that's a, uh, that's that the airplane one's one I haven't seen. Or I saw Mission Impossible: um, Rogue Nation first, and then I went and saw the first one. So you worked backwards, basically. <laughs> that's an interesting way to do it. Well, my group of friends wanted to go see the new Mission Impossible movie because it had just come out. Like I have no, absolutely no idea what's going on with any of these mission impossible movies i just know that it's based off a tv show well kind of i think the concept's the same but yeah they use gadgets uh trickery deception to get what they want and there's always you know it, it's a it's a heist series i think would be the best they describe it a spy thriller yep there's really. always
1: plans and contingencies and...
0: and you think things have failed but then that was the plan all along or someone realized something at the last second I mean, let's look at Mission Impossible and its effect on the uh, pop culture at at large. As soon as you start singing the... Everyone knows that song. Yeah, you know what you're in for. That is the sneaking song. And uh, that opening concept is just pretty awesome where they show off things that are going to happen, but without any context. So it could be completely different from what they show, but the scene is still the same probably why uh richard liked it so much you know the
1: series yes know.
0: but I, I i would suggest richard um since phelps isn't in
1: any of the rest of them maybe you should give them a, a try but that would still mean supporting them in some way
0: i'd say just pirate it but
1: don't pirate don't, don't things pirate keep. things yeah. find Great. friends who have but no actually don't find friends obviously but <laughs> let your friends spend their money on the films you don't want to see
0: and that is good life advice <laughs>
1: Unethical life pro tip. How about this though, Eric, and John? Since you have now rewatched the film recently, yeah. Do you still like the film? Does it hold up? I think so. I didn't have I didn't have any skin in the game. Like I said,
0: I didn't see Mission Impossible until maybe two or three years ago because, well, I live under a rock. You know, everyone knows that, but it's still a fun movie. I think it. Uh, I think it holds up, but the experience is very different. Um, watching it for. Uh, the first time or the first time you really understood it because you know it came out i was too young and like the whole scene in the aquarium i kind of missed what the point of that was the first time i saw it and so that made the rest of the scene the movie not make as much sense um but then like what hurts it for going forward is the fact that it was such a big thing that it got parodied to where um the parodies are a bit better now in some ways or like you don't recognize that you're like oh um, these thrills aren't exciting new things, because you've seen it before. Yeah, that's it's an intense scene in uh, in the control room, or the, the secure room, not the control room, but the secure room where you think he might actually set off all those alarms. Just by the skin of his teeth, he didn't. Yeah, and uh, you know that tension, and when it first came out, it was really well built. There's all the ways it can fail, they're constantly, you know... Just barely not going over that line. But then we've seen the drops parodied, the uh, sweat drop parodied, all the little things done again and referenced. So now you know it works out in the end, so there's no real tension. Basically, I just, as you're talking about the parodies, I'm trying to think of like an obvious one. And I just keep coming to, I'm pretty sure it's in the Shrek movies. Yeah. Oh, the the second one. Yeah, it was the Pinocchio. Yeah, so, which was the best Shrek movie, obviously, but... We could discuss that
1: another time if anyone disagrees with me. Uh, That's your meme? Is uh, Shrek 2 is the best film? Prove me wrong. No, I never... Shrek 2 is the
0: best Shrek. Shrek. Yeah, you you can't throw the best film in there. Shrek 2 is the
1: best film in the Shrek franchise. How's that? Yes. I do not disagree with you.
0: Uh, But we're not talking about Shrek. I think it's just a film for a different time. I don't think if a kid watched Mission Impossible today, it wouldn't be as intense just because of all the pop culture influences it has on other things, or just how things have evolved, because you know it's a spy thriller and there's some action, but nothing in it is super action like, like compared to the the Bourne series that came later. I mean, there's only a handful of guns fired in this movie. Um, there's not a whole bunch of fist fights. Uh, I thought all the gunshots were uh the clandestine gunshots. Like they had the silencers and it was at the beginning of the film when the other agents were being taken out. So it's not like Rambo or something. Yeah, there's not a lot of uh on-screen deaths, too people die but you usually don't see it. It's implied heavily, which works for the the reveal because you don't actually see the deaths and so you just you assume that everyone was going to be killed except for Ethan or not Ethan. Uh, sorry. I meant I had a little burp and I was going to gross, but the main guy or the main guy of the old show, because he orchestrated in such a way, um, you were, or you assumed he died just because everyone else is dying off screen. He died. I'm using air quotes here. Dies off screen. That's what the kick is. So, uh, any other thoughts on uh, mission impossible? I think it's a fun movie. um, tom but, cruise is really young in it yeah that's true he's like super skinny like you think that tom cruise hasn't aged much and then you watch this movie and you realize oh no he he's gotten old mm-hmm.
1: but tom cruise does just really enjoy making mission impossible films he really does because I mean, he basic he was one of the funding producers for the first one, and I think he just started funding the rest of them because he likes doing action sequences. He likes doing action sequences
0: so much that in the newest one that's coming out, um, uh, the Mission Impossible Fallout, he actually breaks his ankle in one of the stunts, and you can act, you can see it in the trailer. Uh, it's when he's jumping from a building. You can see his foot hit the building wrong, and at that moment, he actually breaks his ankle. He li- he really likes doing this, and he insists on doing his own stunts, which good on him. He but he's I think he is almost sixty years old at the time. He's got to learn from uh, Jackie Chan. There's you can do your own stunts, but eventually you have to stop doing stunts. All right, Richard, do you have any other uh, griefs to get off your t- chest?
1: Got any? Got any more beef? No, no. It's that. That's my big one. If it's you, just Jim Phelps shouldn't have been the bad guy. All right, well, just remember it
0: wasn't probably real Jim Phelps. I mean, totally different actors. Mm-hmm.
1: Would you even consider
0: watching the the other ones? <sighs> just assume that they're in a separate universe and Jim
1: Phelps actually was the bad guy. Uh, Jim Phelps is a bad guy is something that doesn't it doesn't exist in alternate universes. There aren't there. In an infinite universe, there still aren't universes where Jim Phelps was the bad guy. Well, it has to be.
0: Nope. It's a, I guess it's a universal constant.
1: Yep. Except not the actor. Just ask James Bond. All right. At well, least Jim Phelps only had two.
0: <laughs> so maybe Jim Phelps is just a name or just a code name or whatever, like Ethan Hunt. Except it's not because you find he, they talk about his parents and they have the same name. So, whatever. That's a dumb <laughs> idea,
1: but just throwing it out there. Plot spackled already. easy peasy guys easy peasy easy peasy
0: all right well uh hope you enjoyed this episode there's definitely there were definitely a lot of rants that you will not get to hear unless you subscribe on patreon and then you may not want to hear them you're gonna realize we have a lot of rants all right well uh like us on facebook
1: and follow us on twitter at plot spackle pod and if you have any plot holes or films you want us to cover let us know